Mtu kama huyo hawezi kuwa mfuasi wangu. Such a person cannot be delivered. Mtu kama huyo hawezi kukombolewa. Such a person cannot be born again. Mtu kama huyo hawezi kuokolewa. Such a person cannot be a believer of Christ. Mtu kama huyo hawezi kuwa muumini wa Kristo. Such a person cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Mtu kama huyo hawezi kuona ufalme wa mbinguni. Then he goes on verse 27 says and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple cannot be born again cannot be saved so this became such a pivotal scripture a landmark scripture in the bible so in the attempt to describe and define the church that i saw in the kingdom of god worshiping around the throne of god then we have come through all these scriptures that i may define to you her attributes the attributes of that holy church
kidogo. Eat a toast, eat an egg and then relax now. Anakula sasa yai, anakula mkate, alafu sasa anatulia. And then now uh, see the children off to school. Alafu sasa kuwapeleka watoto shuleni. And then uh, wait a bit uh, maybe 10 o'clock have a little cup of tea with a small slice of cake. Alafu sasa ngoja kidogo yapata sana asubuhi hivi, apate kikombe kidogo cha chai halafu tena na keki kidogo. And then now uh, 1 o'clock sharp the ugali has come it's a lunch time it's lunch. Alafu sasa saa 7 kamili ugali umekuja kwa sababu ni wakati wa chakula cha mchana. Ugali and meat and something now people are having lunch. Sasa ni ugali, nyama na kitu fulani hapo sasa watu wanakula chakula cha mchana. After that just take a siesta and now Alafu sasa baada ya hiyo anapata sasa kulala kidogo tu. Then wake up at 4 o'clock and then walk around and then 5 o'clock take some cup of tea with some the, 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 they have already brought tea and some butter bread bread, bread and butter Alafu sasa amka ya kwata saa 10 hivi saa 11 pale anakuja chai but I'm just saying that kind of thing Ana saa 11 pale anakunywa chai pale na sasa mkate ambao umepakwa siagi butter And then after that relax a bit and then wait for dinner at 8 pm Alafu sasa Alafu sasa baada hiyo atulie kidogo alafu ambojea chakula cha jioni akitazama akitazama habari saa mbili hivi That is the church that has arrived That's why I was telling her, I can see that you have you have all your pool and you have all you want. Ndio sababu alikuwa anawaambia kwamba sasa ninaweza kuona hapo ya kwamba tayari mmeshiba mna kila kitu. Already you have become rich. Tayari umekwishakuwa matajiri. And you have begun to reign. Na mkoo wa fame. This is very synonymous with the narrative of rebuke that he gave to the church in Laodicea. Na hii ni sawia ya kabisa kuhusiana na yale maelezo ya hadithi ya kemea ambayo alilipatia kanisa la Laodicea. Sometimes we may think we are well off, we are affluent, we are doing well when we are very pitiful and wretched and to be pitied before the eyes of the Lord like the church in Laodicea. Wakati mwingine tunaweza fikiria ya kwamba tunaendelea vizuri kabisa tunastawi, tunanawiri, tunaendelea vyema kabisa. Tunakula nono The Lord is saying you don't know what your true condition is. That is the warning is given to the present day church. So you are on benefit that you may enter the kingdom of glory. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession. Kwa maana ninaona kwamba Mungu ametuweka sisi mitume katika nafasi ya mwisho kabisa ya msafara. Kama watu waliohukumiwa kufa katika uwanja. And I described to you that now this is the image of the disciples of God. This is the image of the followers of Jesus. And this whole narrative is meant to transmit a message that if you are following the footprints of Jesus there ought to be persecution. You may not necessarily be slaughtered in the arena but he's talking about the persecution the world would met at you met towards you Na niliwaelezea kuambia kwamba hiki ndicho kitambulisho hili ndilo umbo na sura ya kuviarusi wa Kristo wafuasi wa Kristo wanafunzi wa Kristo ya kwamba huenda wale ambao wameokoka wale ambao This is their picture because the world I don't want to keep repeating it really but the world will met some hostilities towards you if you walk the footprints of Jesus wale ambao wameokoka wale ambao wamekombolewa kwa sababu iwapo unatembea katika nyayo za Yesu ni lazima ulimwangu utaweka uadui fulani dhidi yako kama watu waliohukumiwa kufa katika uwanja asema hapa 
We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to human beings. Kwa sababu tumefanywa kuwa maonyesho kwa ulimwengu wote, kwa malaika na pia kwa wanadamu pia. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. Kwa ajili ya Kristo sisi ni wajinga lakini ninyi mna hekima ndani ya Kristo. We are weak, but you are strong. Sisi tu dhaifu lakini ninyi mna nguvu. We are honored you are honored and we are dishonored. Ninyi mnaheshimiwa sisi tunadharauliwa. To this very hour we go hungry and thirsty. Baka sahi tunanjaa na kiu. And we are in wrath. Na tuko kwenye matabara. We are brutally treated. Tumepigwa vibaya. And we are homeless. Na hatuna makao. We work hard with our own hands. Tunafanya kazi kwa bidii kwa mikono yetu wenyewe. When we are cast we bless tunakulaaniwa tunabariki when we are persecuted we endure it tunapoteswa tunastahimili when we are slandered we answer kindly tunaposingiziwa tunajibu kwa upole we have become the scum of the earth kwa sasa tumekuwa kama takataka ya dunia the garbage of this world na uchafu wa ulimwengu huu right up to this moment hadi leo hii and i said all that was god speaking in disgust na nilisema ya kwamba haya yote ni Mungu alikuwa anazungumza kwa machukizo. Very disgusted with the church that is complacent and comfortable in this life. Akiwa amechukizwa sana kabisa na kanisa ambalo limezoea kabisa na kutulia kutereheka katika maisha haya. And you see very clearly. Na mnaona kwa wazi kabisa. That the Lord is speaking to them almost sarcastic. Ya kwamba Bwana anazungumza pamoja nao karibu kwa kejeli. In sarcasm. Kwa kejeli. He's talking to them in sarcasm. Anazungumza nao kwa kejeli. And this is sarcastic with them. Kana He's disgusted, he's angry, he's enraged. And that's why tonight I want to look at the warning of judgment that is appended to this this narrative of the fallen church. And the other two wings left are for enthusiasm to 
ready to serve, enthusiastic to serve. Any moment ready to go. Upon their, when, they, when the Lord calls upon them, immediately they, they are ready to go, ready to serve. Enthusiastic to serve. The voluntary army of the Lord. Na yale mabaya mengine mawili ni kwa ajili ya ile kujitolea kwa bidii kwa uharaka na udharura kabisa ya kwamba niko tayari kabisa kutumikia Bwana wakati wote anaponiita mimi niko tayari kabisa kumtumikia Bwana Ndio sababu anasema kwamba na hawa mabaya mawili walikuwa wanaruka na walikuwa wakitana kila mmoja na mwenzake Make sure you pay attention to the fact that they are not calling speaking to the Lord they are not addressing the Lord most high they are calling to one another. They are, they are saying, we are not even worthy to speak to him. Focus on this now. That then the tongue 
He touched the call and touched his mouth. Ya kwamba sasa kwa leo aliguza makala moto na kisha kuguza mdomo wake. When he touched my mouth and says, "See, this has touched your lips. Your kiss is taken away and your sin atoned for." Akaniguza nalo kinywa changu na kusema, "Tazama, hili nimeguza midomo yako, uongo wako umeondolewa na dhambi yako imesamehewa." Remember the prophets of the Lord they see the Lord God himself. Kumbukeni ya kwamba manabii wa Mungu humuona Bwana Mungu mwenyewe. Because they take instruction directly from him. They are the prophets of God the Father, serving Christ. Kwa sababu wao wanachukua maagizo moja kwa moja toka kwake. Kwa sababu wao ni manabii wa Mungu Baba wakimtumikia Kristo. And that's why you see Daniel told the Lord the ancient of days take his seat. Ndio sababu mnaona ya kwamba Danieli alimwona Bwana mzee wa siku akichukua kiti chake. I think that is the greatest description ever of God the Father in the Bible. Nakisema ya kwamba hayo ndio maelezo the details the most detailed description of the ancient of days in the bible i think that is the most detailed Holy. 
Ndiyo sababu nilisema kwamba hii ndio sababu hasa anadai uhaki utakatifu na uaminifu kutoka kwenu kwa sababu ufalme wa Mungu ambao mnaenda kwao ni mtakatifu sana zaidi. Those of you who will make it into the, into the kingdom of heaven. Wale wenu ambao mtafaulu kuingia katika ufalme wa mbinguni. But listen to this very short overview summary. Lakini sikilizeni huku tasari wa nguvu kabisa. If you look at the book of Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Ukiangalia kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya kwanza na ya pili. God has made a perfect creation. Mungu ameumba uumbaji mkamilifu. And he saw that everything is good. Na alionea kwamba kila kitu ni njema. Remember only holy is good to God the Father. Kumbukania kwamba ni takatifu tu peke yake ni njema mbele za Mungu Baba. So when he says that he saw that everything was good that he had made. Hivyo anaposema kwamba aliona kila kitu kilikuwa jema ambacho alikuwa ameumba that means he saw that everything was holy. Yeye inamaanisha kwamba alionea kwamba kila kitu kilikuwa kitakatifu. Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya kwanza na sura ya pili. But when you move to Genesis chapter 3. Lakini ukisonga hadi kwenye kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya tatu. Then you see the fall. Hapo basi unaona mwanguko. That is now the beginning of rebellion against God. Hapo sasa ndio mwanzo wa uasidhi ya Mungu. That is when the fall came and the judgment of death came. Hapo ndipo sasa mwanguko ulipoingia na hukumu ya kifo ikaja. That rebellion begins from Genesis 3 all the way to the book of Genesis chapter 11. If you classify it that way. Na huo uasi unaanzia kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya tatu kote kote hadi kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 11. I say this before I say it again. Nimesema hii hapo awali na inaisema tena. And then Genesis chapter 12 many miss Abraham. Alafu kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 12 anakutana na Abrahamu. But you see very clearly that God's blueprint for creation is planned for a holy being, holy man to fellowship with him to be his image on the earth you see in Genesis 1 and 2 Lakini unaona ule mpango mahususi wa Mungu wa mwanadamu mtakatifu akapate kushirikiana pamoja naye kwa milele iko katika kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya kwanza na ya pili And then came the fall Alafu ukaja mwanguko After that then you see God's effort redemptive effort to redeem mankind Alafu sasa right baada ya hiyo unaona ile jitihada ya Mungu ya kumkomboa mwanadamu inaanza moja kwa moja. You may think it's from Genesis 3:15. Huenda kufikiria kwamba inaanza kwenye kitabu cha Mwanzo sura ya 3:15. But if you look at Genesis 3:8 and 9, let's look at it. Lakini ukiangalia kitabu cha Mwanzo sura ya 3 mstari wa 8 na 9, wacha tuitazame. It says verse 8, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden many they flee they ran away Then he stopped and turned to them. 
you know what it means to be my follower the same thing you see here another act of mercy and grace call Adam where are you the Lord could have just said forget it he could have just abandoned them to their own devices but the fact that he taught them that they had his footprints walking towards them God walking towards fallen man that is the meaning of grace compassion he, he was sorry for their state he felt sorry for them and so and then you move on now to verse 15 so this turning to them and asking where are you you see God's redemptive plan for mankind God is not willing to abandon them so after the fall what I'm bringing to you tonight is that after the fall you see that the entire Bible has this silver lining has this purple lining, has this pink color of the blood of Jesus cutting across the Bible. God's redemptive plan being installed to redeem mankind. And you see it again in verse 15. It's now Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus the Savior coming. Communion with God the Father. 
na uhaki na kumweka mbele na kumuingiza mbele ya Mungu Baba that you may now fellowship with God the Father go into his presence ili kwamba sasa mpate kushiriki na Mungu Baba kwenda katika uwepo wake the garment of righteousness the garment of salvation vazi la uhaki vazi la wokovu that is what you see being portrayed there God's redemptive plan hicho ndicho mnaona kikidhihirishwa pale mpango wa ukombozi wa Mungu and why is all this because of what we read in Isaiah chapter 6 holy 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 is the lord god almighty seraphim pronouncing the holiness of god kwa sababu ya kile ambacho tulisoma kwenye kitabu cha Isaiah sura ya sita, mtakatifu 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 ni bwana mungu mkuu mwenyezi masarafi wakitangaza utakatifu wa mungu halafu baada ya hiyo if you turn to the book of genesis chapter 5 ukigeuka na kwenda kwenye kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya 5 verses 21 24 mstari wa 21 hadi 24 again god advancing his redemption plan Mbona tena Bwana akiendeleza mpango wake wa ukombozi? He says when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Anasema Enoch alipokuwa ameishi miaka 60 na mitano, akamzaa Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. Baada ya kumzaa Methuselah, Enoch alitembea kwa uaminifu na Mungu miaka 300. And he had other sons and daughters. Altogether Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more. Because God took him away. Because God raptured him. Again the Lord stimulating for us here the rapture of the church. God's redemptive plan. Tena Mungu akitudhihirishia hapa unyakuzi wa kanisa, ule mpango wa ukombozi wa Mungu. The Lord saying that for those that will walk faithfully with me. Bwana akisemea kwamba kwa wale ambao watatembea kwa uaminifu nami, once the Lord has brought his redemption plan the Messiah. Bwana tu Mungu ameleta mpango wake wa ukombozi Masiya. You now see the prophecy that the Messiah would come and those that would walk faithfully with the Lord would not be dead, they would be raptured into glory. Sasa tunaona ule unabii kwamba Masiya atakuja na wale ambao watatembea kwa uaminifu sana na Mungu hawataona kifo bali watanyakuliwa hadi katika utukufu. I know that here he might be imputing he might be implying the rapture of those who will be alive Christians holy alive at the time of rapture but this covers all even those who are sleeping in the dust of the earth death cannot lay hold of them anymore they are taken up into glory najua hapa kuna hapa anamaanisha ya kwamba unyakuzi wa wale ambao wakristo watakatifu ambao watakuwa hai lakini hii inajumlisha yote hata wakristo ambao watakuwa melala usikizi katika mavumbi ya dunia wakiwa watakatifu pia wao kifo hakitawashikilia pale watanyakuliwa hadi katika utukufu and so throughout the bible you begin to see god laying out openly his redemptive plan for mankind hivyo basi kote kote katika Biblia unaona kwa wazi kabisa Bwana akidhihirisha na kuweka wazi mpango wake wa ukombozi kwa mwanadamu aliyeanguka. Kisha anaendelea mbele na kupeana faida za kwa mwaminifu wake. And so he was talking about the rapture. How those that have walked faithfully with him 
they will not see death, they will be taken into the kingdom of glory. Jesus. 
laying out his redemption plan for mankind. Why? Because holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when you got the book of Genesis 14, 17 and 19, after Abraham returned from defeating Kedalomer and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh. That is the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. So again, you see very clearly here, God presenting his redemption plan for mankind. He presents Melchizedek. Melchizedek is the messenger of the covenant, the mediator. And that's why he comes carrying bread and wine, which are precursors of the cross and the blood, the new covenant that is coming. And then you see the book of Genesis 15 verse 5, he says, he took me out and he said, look up into the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And when I see the blood, 
I'll pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Kitabu cha kutoka 12:15-13 asema damu itakuwa ishara kwa ajili yenu ya kuonyesha nyumba ambazo mtakuwamo. Nami nitakapoiona damu nitapita juu yenu. Hakuna pigo la kuharibifu litakalowagusa ninyi nitakapoipiga Misri. That is now within the Old Testament. The Lord laying out his redemption plan. How is coming to redeem fallen man? And then when you move into the New Testament, then you see the Lord still reflecting some of those values, the virtues of redemption that he placed in the Old Testament. Now the Messiah has come. You see him still making reference to Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 27. Which says the following. Then God says, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Anasema kwamba kitabu cha mwanzo sura ya kwanza mstari 26 ndipo Mungu akasema tufanye mtu kwa mfano wetu kwa sura yetu mwakatawale juu ya samaki wa baharini na ndege wa angani juu ya mikubo juu ya dunia yote na juu ya viumbe wote watambao juu ya dunia 27 he 27 asema so God created mankind in his own image kwa hiyo Mungu alimuumba mtu mwanadamu kwa mfano wake mwenyewe the image of God he created them male and female So the, the, the image of God is holy. So everything is going to be referring to in the New Testament is to this. God now restoring back the original blueprint of creation. Let us try the book of First Peter chapter 115 and 16. So God now when when you come to the 
the Lord now lays a demand upon the church to be holy. Why? Because Christ has now come. So now he demands that the church will be holy. The book of Philippians chapter 3 verses 8 and 10 says the following. Philippians 3, 8 and 10. It says the following. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Pleasure. 
naye alitujulisha siri ya mapenzi yake sawasawa na uradhi wa mapenzi yake which he purposed in Christ ambayo alikusudia katika Kristo we put it in faith when the times reach their fulfillment ili apate kutimilizwa katika wakati wake utakapomkabilifu utakapowadia to bring into unity to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under under Christ kupitia vitu vyote vya mbinguni na vya duniani pamoja chini ya kiongozi mmoja ndiye Kristo that is now the marriage of the lamb sio sasa ndiyo harusi ya mwanakondoo when heaven and earth now marry wakati ambapo sasa mbingu na dunia zitakapooana one authority chini ya mamlaka moja Christ Jesus Kristo Yesu the Lord demanding for righteousness bless the people bwana akidai uhaki watu wabarikiwa when you move into the new testament ukiingia katika agano jipya before i enter the condition of man and what in, in order to define the judgment that you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 this was important as a basis of a background kabla niingia katika hukumu ya mwanadamu kuhusiana na ile hali ambayo unaona katika kitabu cha Wakorinto wa kwanza sura ya 5 mstari wa 5 hii ilikuwa muhimu kabisa kuweka kama utangulizi msingi kitabu cha Timotheo wa pili sura ya kwanza mstari wa 9 He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Again emphasizing holiness that he demands. Yeye ametuokoa na kutuita katika maisha matakatifu tena kuhusiana na ule utakatifu ambao anatudai. Not because of anything we have done. Sio kwa sababu ya chochote ambacho tumefanya. But because of his own purpose and grace. Bali kwa sababu ya kusudi lake mwenyewe na neema yake. All the time When you enter the New Testament, Christ has now come. Now he's demanding holiness. Why is God demanding holiness? Because of Isaiah chapter 6 we read. But what is the holiness he's demanding for? Moral purity. Moral integrity. He's looking for righteousness. Looking for holiness. The Lord is looking for faithfulness. For consecration. Sanctification. Living a separated life. That is the calling he's having for us. That's why when he found a porous church in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, then he sharply rebuked them. Judgment is coming. 
na kusudi kazi ambayo niko nayo kwa ajili ya hii ili kwamba nikapate kuwaletea ile asili maono maana ya ile hukumu ambayo anasema katika kitabu cha Wakorinto wa kwanza sura ya 4 mstari wa 5 ya kwamba siku ya hukumu inakuja Thessalonians chapter 1 I'm reading 6 and 10 together with me blessed people Kitabu cha Thessalonians wa pili sura ya kwanza nasema mstari wa sita hadi kumi watu wabarikiwa God is just Mungu ni mwenye haki He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you Yeye atawalipa mateso wale watesao ninyi So at this point is describing those that choose holiness in this life Hivyo basi kwa wakati huu anaeleza kuhusu wale ambao wanachagua utakatifu kwa maisha haya And the persecution you go through And he said don't worry the Lord the day is coming the day of judgment when the Lord will repay those that have showed you animosity attacked you assaulted you all the time for being holy Kupitisha hukumu 
people look at you, they will know that that person knows the Lord. He knows God. He knows the Lord. And so he sets forth the standard that will be used for judgment on that day. Now, do you understand the script? 
deep. That's why I could not vacate. I could not exit First Corinthians chapter 4. Even On Friday, I said, there's so much to give you. I'm not able. I'm a little tired today. Let me give it on Sunday. But look, it is so much you cannot skip it. It's the dire warning to the church. Testimony to you. 
kwa miongoni mwa hii kwa sababu mliamini ushuhuda wetu kwenu so the lord is very clear here hivyo basi bwana yuko wazi kabisa hapa you can tell that the lord is saying that whosoever will suffer the everlasting judgment of god will eventually suffer a self infliction self afflicted injury you have chosen it by yourself at this time hivyo basi mnaweza kuona kwa wazi kabisa ya kwamba bwana anasema hapa yeyote ambaye atateseka kula kuangamizwa milele yeye mwenyewe atakuwa ametipatia tu teraha la kujipatia mwenyewe kwa wakati huu yet you see very clearly ila hali mwaona kwa wazi kabisa that many today live in ignorance ya kwamba wengi leo hii wanaishi katika kupuuza tu they live as though judgment is not coming wanaishi kana kwamba hukumu haikuji and we see very clearly in the book of second peter that we read on friday second peter chapter 3 verses 3 to verse 9 na tunaona kwa wazi kabisa kwenye kitabu cha petro wa pili sura ya 3 mstari wa 3 hadi 9 matilisoma siku ya ijumaa most of them have become scoffers wengi wao wamefanyika wazi haki Then the two prophets are here announcing the coming of the Messiah and the coming of the judgment of God in the tribulation. The proof of it is the coronavirus that has devastated the earth owing to the words of my tongue. That is proof enough. So much power from the tongue shut down the earth. That should have really woken up everybody to believe that number one the Messiah is coming. Number two, judgment is coming. Bibi tishalake ni katika virusi vya corona ambalo mnaona ya kwamba limeathiri na kuamiza. Na maneno ya ulimi wangu katika virusi vya corona ambalo limeathiri. Maneno ya ulimi wangu ilileta dunia juu chini. That should have been enough evidence to you that the coming of the Messiah he is announcing will also come. And the coming of the judgment of God will also take place. I am shocked 
do between that I can do healing services. To love Kenya. Kenya. And to love those who are tuned in from all over the world. And to present you well before the Lord. In the height of judgment. And to distinguish you out and select those whom God has shown a disposition of love. Romans chapter 2, 7 and 8. Look at what he says there. Romans chapter 2, 7 and 8. 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 Romans chapter 2, 7 
Romans 2, 7 and 8. Says, to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. The Lord now uses that judgment as he pronounced in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 to divide the earth into two. Again, Romans chapter 2 verse 8 he says, Jude 14 and 15. The Lord is very clear. 
clear on the judgment that is coming. Nobody can ever say, oh, I did not know. That's why I cannot keep this and begin another message on the raft of the judge that we are prepared, that, that we are supposed to bring to you. We've been waiting for a long time. No, this is very substantive warning. This is actually key. This is your entry. This is what determines your entry into the kingdom of glory. Thank <laughs> you. 
Because he said, he said he is coming to judge those who do not know God.
I am using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue. If my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness, and so increases his glory. Why am I still condemned as a sinner? So he's trying here very clearly in an artshell. That knowing God encompasses knowing that he is righteous. That if you want to know those that have known God, you'll find that they know that God is righteous. So knowing God entails knowing that He is righteous. That those who have known God, they know it very clearly that He is righteous. Number two, knowing God involves knowing that we are unrighteous. Mankind is unrighteous. You can tell where he's drawing you to. He's drawing you to a place where you will say, knowing God is knowing Jesus. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 On such a wonderful Sunday night Romans chapter 6 verse 23 It says knowing God entails knowing the following Knowing that the wages of sin is death But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so when you look at the present day church and they are behaving as though they are not aware that God is holy then you can tell that they do not know God so when you look at the present day
is God is holy and righteous. Therefore, he demands of those that are his to also be holy and righteous. So the wages of sin is death. And those who know God also know that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Like the wise, the wise man, 
set out to go find God. Meaning they are hungry for God and thirsty for God. The book of Matthew chapter 7. I'm reading 7 and 8. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, find. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So I want to ask you today, wherever you are as a Christian, have you really sought God? Have you knocked on the door seeking the Lord? He promises here that when you search for him, you shall find him. He shall be found by you. He says that when you seek him with all your heart, he shall be found by you. Meaning he will see your heart and then present himself to you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, blessed people. Deuteronomy chapter 4. What does it mean to know God? Because it's very surprising. While he says that he's coming to church, only those who do not know God. Yet you find that in the church, there are people seated as Christians. The way they conduct their lives, you can tell that these people do not know God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. 29 and 31. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him. If you seek Him with all your heart, so how can the half-hearted Christian of this age find God? How can the half-hearted Christians of this age ever find God? When it comes to undertaking the things of God, you find them very elusive. They are not committal. They are half committed. How then will they get to know God?
Because when it comes to matters of salvation, they don't give 100%. They now give 5% or less. Then how will they ever evade the judgment of God that is coming? And yet you see that the present day Christians, when it comes to matters of salvation, they are now not fully committed. They are wearing in a manner that tells you that they are the rebellion. They don't want to commit fully. They are wearing like the world, even in the church, even at work. Meaning with, they don't want to fully commit to that way of life. Telling you that they are saying they don't want to commit to that holy way of life. How will then how will they then ever escape the judgment of God? When they are giving half half when it comes to matters salvation. When you preach about righteousness, they walk away. When you hear the only reason they have stayed here and the numbers are increasing is the power of God upon with which he has anointed me. Do you 
fools that know God. So they say, it's coming on that day of judgment. To judge those that do not know God. The book of John chapter 3 verse 16, those who know God. So God so loved the world, they know that. Those who know God, they know that God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. So those who know God essentially, they know Jesus. And to know Jesus is essentially to be born again properly and live a separated life from the world. And to know Jesus means to be holy, to be righteous, to live a separated life from the moral decay of this world. When he says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. According to Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Then the question you need to be asking, what then does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? Yet to all who did receive him, 
to those who believed in his name. Kwa wote walioamini katika jina lake. He gave the right to become children of God. Aliwapa uwezo wa kufanyika watoto wa Mungu. So he's saying that those that know God have received Jesus and become children of God. Hivyo anasema kwamba wale ambao wanamjua Mungu wamepokea Yesu Kristo na kufanyika watoto wa Mungu. When you are children in a household. Wakati ninyi ni watoto katika nyumba. There is a sequence a line of authority in that house. Kuna yale mamlaka ile mstari wa mamlaka katika nyumba hiyo. The chain of command. Ile ile kumsururu wa amri. In every family in every household there is the line of authority. Katika kila nyumba, katika kila boma kunayo mamlaka. And the father is normally the bigger head. Naye baba kwa kawaida ndiye kichwa. The bigger head for that authority. Yeye ndiye kichwa mkuu wa mamlaka hayo. And so it goes without saying that everybody in that house, the children must submit to that father head. Hivyo basi inaenda bila kusema ya kwamba kila mtu katika nyumba hiyo watoto lazima wakupate kujisalimisha na kujitisha kwa huyo baba. So my question is this, if you are children in the house of the Lord. Hivyo basi swali langu ni hili, ikiwa ninyi ni watoto katika nyumba ya Bwana, have you really submitted to the authority of God the Father? Je, kwa kweli mmejisalimisha kwa mamlaka ya Mungu Baba? And when God the Father says Separate yourself. Live a separated life. Touch not unclean things, and I'll be a, I'll be a father unto you, and you'll be my sons and daughters. Have you obeyed that? Na wakati ambapo Papa anaposema ya kwamba jitengeni, jitengeni mali na dhambi, msikuze kitu chochote kilicho na jisi, nami nitakuwa Mungu kwenu Baba kwenu nanyi mtakuwa wanangu. Je, kwa kweli mmeweza kuzingatia hilo? It says, those that know God, they understand that we are children in the house of God. Anasema kwamba wale ambao wanamjua Mungu wanaelewa ya kwamba sisi tu watoto katika nyumba ya Mungu. Even on the earth here when you look at children in the home, they always obey the parents because they know that the father is the one that knows what is best for them. Hata hapa duniani ukitazama watoto katika nyumba wanajua vyema kabisa ya kwamba baba ndiyo anayejua yeye bora kabisa kwa ajili yake. Hivyo so they always obey the command from the father. Hivyo basi kila wakati wao huti amri toka kwa baba. But if you are children in the house of the Lord, have you obeyed the instructions of the Lord God? Hivyo basi iwapo ninyi ni watoto katika nyumba ya Bwana, je, mmeyatii maagizo na amri katika nyumba ya Bwana? Second Timothy chapter 3:14 and 16. Kitabu cha Timotheo wa pili sura ya tatu mstari wa 14 hadi 16. We have a long way to go blessed people. Tunaweza kurindefu ya kwenda watu wabarikiwa. Second Timothy chapter 3. Kitabu cha Timotheo wa pili sura ya tatu. Turn with me there 14 and 16. Kitabu cha Timotheo wa pili sura ya tatu mstari wa 14 hadi 16. It says the following. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. We are able to make you wise for salvation. Through faith in Christ Jesus. Those who know God. They have read the scripture. And they have been made wise in salvation. Through Christ Jesus, faith in him. Verse 16. 
mstari wa 16 all scripture is called praise and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness those who know God they know this that all scripture is from God Yahweh that all scripture comes from the Lord himself and that when scripture comes from him it is breathed by him and it's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness the present day church has only taken the scripture useful for teaching and training not in righteousness for teaching alone and they have left rebuking correcting and righteousness for the sake of prosperity they have taken teaching of prosperity but when it comes to rebuke they stay away when it comes to correction stay away when it comes to righteousness they shy away Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you really know God? It's like those that know God. They are aware that scripture is a command from God, non-negotiable, and it holds some. You cannot cherry pick and choose. And are you aware that inside the church of Christ there are people seated 
Christian and yet you do not know God. Are you aware that anybody can look at you and know that that Christian does not know God? Strictly based on how you execute your Christian life. When they see you struggling, you instead of wearing holy, you are struggling, you are having, you're having some battles, you are struggling here and there. You, you, they tell you do this, you do you, you do it, but do something like this. Come, like, sit down like this. You sit like this, but face another direction. They can see you struggling with the things of God, what and they can tell that this person does not know God. When they are told, where I long cut, because your body is the only temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to 
where Christ is. They are not horizontally focused. They are vertically focused. And where Christ is seated at the right hand side of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Those that know God, they have set their minds on things above and dislodged, disconnected their minds from earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Therefore implying that those that know God have already died and their lives are now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. They are aware that there is a greater promise of appearing with Christ in glory. So they are not parochial. They are not short-sighted with the horizontal things of this earth. They are focused on the bigger glory, the vertical focus. Wakati Kristo atakapotokea yeye aliyeuzima wenu ndipo nanyi mtakapotokea pamoja naye katika utukufu hivyo basi wanajua vyema kabisa wale wanaomjua Mungu wanajua vyema kabisa ya kwamba kuna utukufu mkuu ambao umewekwa kwa ajili yao na kwa hivyo wao hawatazamii vitu vya hapa chini chini duniani The pressure of the coming glory is too big for them to set it off they can leave everything else and focus on the eternal glory that is coming. Even lose their lives for it.
Kiwa. What then does it mean to obey the gospel? What does it mean to obey the gospel? Because he says, he's coming on that day to judge those that do not know God and those that do not obey the gospel. Turn with me the book of Acts chapter 6, blessed people. The book of Acts chapter 6. I'm reading verses, verse 7, I'm reading one verse. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. In other words, the gospel demands obedience. The fact that there was no hope when Adam and Eve fell. And then the Lord brings us the blessed hope, Christ Jesus the Messiah. He says, God cannot understand why you should not obey the gospel. In other words, obedience to the gospel requires number one, repentance. It makes you very repentant. Obedience to the gospel also brings you salvation. I'm talking about being born again properly. So my question is, are you born again properly in that church? Because it says that obedience to the gospel brings repentance in the heart. Everybody has heard about your obedience. 
And when you obey the gospel, he says it makes you wise unto all that is good. In other words, you become an expert of what is holy. But you become totally innocent, blank on what is evil. If showing obedience to the gospel makes you innocent, sharpens you and reforms you and transforming you again Philippians chapter 2 blessed people what does it mean to obey the gospel to be obedient to the gospel of Jesus turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation in, with fear and trembling. Wow, basi 
The book of James, turn with me there, chapter 1, verse 22. James, chapter 1, 22. He says, do not merely listen to the word and go deceive yourself. Do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourself. Do what he says. Those who are obedient to the gospel, they practice the gospel. They do what the gospel of Jesus says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and then after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. The Bible commands us not only to listen to the gospel, but to obey it. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And he's saying, emphasizing on the need to do what the gospel says, that is the true measure, the true estimation as to whether you have obeyed the gospel, your obedience to the gospel, doing what it says. If it says be holy, be holy. The Lord is asking here. The modern day church. When you look at yourself. When you look at yourself alone. Do you see that you have obeyed the gospel? Are there things, what are the things in your life that when you pick out, when you point on, that when you look at, you can see that at this place I have not obeyed the gospel. At this place I have not obeyed the gospel. Are you able to do a spiritual inventory, an audit of your life? Are you able to do a spiritual audit of your life? Remember, Adam and Eve disobeyed God's word. And there came the tragedy until this day. And yet, Jesus came to restore obedience even unto the cross. And so the Lord demands of us to 
and they are under the perfect will of God. In other words, it's a powerful thing to obey the gospel. What does it mean to obey the gospel? The book of Genesis 22. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Look at what it says there. One and three. Obeying the gospel. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God says, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moria and slaughter him there, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain, I'll show you. So the key words are these. Take Isaac. Slaughter. Obeying the gospel. And then Abraham obeyed that. Those that obey the gospel. There have been no much faith in God. And their obedience to the gospel is literally obedience to God, 1,000%. The key was attack Isaac slaughter. Yeah. 
And arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Na ukaidi ni kama uongo wa kuabudu sanamu. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says the Lord only looks for obedience. Anasema Bwana Bwana utafuta tu utifu. The obedience of your heart. Utifu wa mioyo zenu. He says obedience to the word, to the gospel of God, to the Lord is better than sacrifice. Kisha anasema ya kwamba utiku kwa neno, kwa injili ya Bwana, kwa Bwana mwenyewe ni bora zaidi kuliko dhabihu. So this is just one half of the message blessed people. We will continue with the rest on Wednesday. But those of you who want to receive Jesus right now. If you have examined yourself and found out that you are in the church and yet you have not known God. That you are seated in the church and yet you have not been obedient to what the gospel says. Ya kwamba umeketi kanisani ila hali hujakuwa mtifu kwa kila ambacho injili inasema. Repeat this prayer blessed people. Rudia hili ombi watu wabarikiwe. Mighty Lord Jesus. Kama Bwana Yesu mkuu, I totally repent before you tonight. Nikabiliku nitatubu mbele zako usiku wa leo. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Nami ninakupokea wewe kama Bwana wangu na mwokozi wangu. And I ask you my Lord Jesus. Nami ninakuuliza wewe Bwana wangu Yesu. Consecrate my life. Uyatie wakfu maisha yangu. I receive you Lord. Ninakupokea wewe Bwana. That you may forgive my sin. Ili upate kunisameza vizako. I repent of all sin. Ninatubu dhambi zote. And ask you to establish the cross and the blood of Jesus in my heart. Nakukuuliza kwamba upate kuimarisha msalaba na damu ya Yesu katika moyo wangu. Mighty Lord Jesus. Bwana Yesu mkuu, I long to know God. Ninatamani kumjua Mungu. And to be obedient to the gospel. Na kumtifu kwa injili. Please help me. Nakodali nisaidie. And order my steps. Na uongoze hatu wa zangu. In the mighty name of Jesus. Katika jina kula Yesu. I am born again tonight. Nimeokoka usiku wa leo. Amen and amen. Amina na amina. I bless you all. Ninawabariki nyote. I bless the senior archbishop Litunda. Ninabariki askofu mkuu Litunda. And I bless all the senior archbishops globally. Na ninawabariki maaskofu wote wa kuko tekoni. I bless all the deputy senior deputy archbishops all over Kenya. Ninawabariki manaibu askofu mkuu wote kote kote Kenya. And globally. Na kote kote duniani. And bless all the presiding bishops and the overseers. Na kuwabariki maaskofu wote wasimamizi pamoja na wangalizi. I bless all the senior pastors and the entire congregation. Ninabariki wachungaji wote wa kuko pamoja na kufanyi kolote zima. And that includes the widows and the orphans. I blessed you with twenty-fold baskets of God. Because you have chosen the way of righteousness. That the banner of the testimony of God may be across your face. That you may never be put to shame. That in the heart of the coronavirus you have plenty as a testimony of the goodness of Jesus. I bless your families, your children. Nimebariki familia zenu watoto wenu. I bless your profession. Nimebariki utulizi wenu. Your safety and protection at this critical hour. Usalama wenu na ulinzi wenu katika wasa huu ulionyeti. I bless your eternity in the mighty name of Jesus. Nimebariki umilele wenu katika jina kwa Yesu. All these blessings I bless you with are in the mighty 
eternal name of Jesus. Thank you. 